Good evening, lunatics. It is October 21st, 2023, Saturday night, and we are ready for another episode of the podcast. It's been an eventful week. Um, wow, what a week. Um, we've had excitement. If you've uh, been following us on TikTok, uh, you would be aware of uh, some drama we had down in Charlotte the other night. So I'd like to take this opportunity to say uh, uh, to uh, a guy named Tim Davis that runs PCR Recovery, um, I hope you have six weeks of unending diarrhea and your dick falls off. Um, one of our drivers made an unfortunate choice uh, to park somewhere he should not have parked. Uh, he did not do the 30 seconds of research it would have taken and he got caught by one of these uh, these parking scammers that uh, booted his truck, and uh, it took $2,500 to get it released. Now, before everybody says, I would have cut it off, the guy wouldn't leave him alone. And unless he was going to get in to a uh, physical altercation, um, which I'm sure all of y'all would. Y'all, everyone, everybody in the comment section on TikTok are all, uh, martial arts artists, and they were going to jump out of the truck and, um, you know, throw down with this guy. Um, our driver chose not to engage in any sort of physical violence. Um, somebody's going to one of these days. Um, let's see. Everybody give me a heads up on our broadcast quality real quick because... Because my computer is showing of them me said no sound. Uh, I got that fixed. Now a high pitch frequency. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Willie, you were a little bit late. <laughs> <clears throat> you caught a key word, but you didn't get the context. So Dwayne says he has a feedback noise. Speaking of Willie, um, that's weird. Royal Rice says he hears it. Yet I don't hear it. Do you? You don't hear it, do you? You just and you just no, went away. He's come. Excuse me. You just went away. Like I lost your. Uh, I lost oh, your audio. You. For, you Amazes me how well all this works until we hit the button. Royal Rice says he heard it in the last episode too. Rocky says there's a high squeal. Um, I don't get any of that. Okay, so I just listened to us on YouTube and I do not hear through my phone and I do not hear any sort of high squeal. Let me check on Facebook and see what that sounds like. And I have no squeal on YouTube 
or on Facebook either on my phone. So I don't know what to tell y'all. Um, I don't. I don't either. You're as clear as a bell. Yeah. Hey, mute that. <clears throat> Richie says he hears it. I've also got uh, on my end. I'm Well, Larry, I can tell that you're you're having uh, bandwidth problems because I've got red bars on you. Um, uh, there's some there's something preventing your. Uh, you you've got a bandwidth issue. So mine's showing perfect, but yours is very 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 bad. So you might have to you might have to restart your. Uh, thing make sure you've got everything shut down on your computer that's not google chrome don't have don't have safari open don't have mail open shut down everything you can shut down <sighs> okay so well, I, I, don't, I have to have safari open. Yeah, he's all right he's gone we'll bring him back here in a second see what happens <clears throat> this is so weird because I got people saying it's crystal clear and others saying it's not. That is, that's fascinating. Um, Rooster on TikTok says it does it every time you talk. Me or you? No, me. So you're back. Let's see. What? I never left. Oh. Well, according to the thing you... There you are. Okay. You're green now. Hmm. Um, weird. Yeah. So that one guy on TikTok says it does it every time I talk, which is weird. He says it's on my end. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Uh, never mind. That's that's a restream. <clears throat> Okay, that make any difference? I turned off a processor that's on the the board. All right, anyway. Uh, so, well, so to start over, since we've had a people come in, uh, one of our drivers got booted the other night in Charlotte. He parked somewhere he should not have parked. Um, he, he could have done 30 seconds of research on Google. He did not. Um, they came along. They wanted $2,500. Um they ran wire ropes through his wheels and put padlocks on it. It wasn't on the windshield. It wasn't, you know, a boot like you're thinking on a steer tire. Uh, but the guy wouldn't leave me alone. Um, so, you know, the idea of him going out there and cutting it off. Um, I mean, I've heard people say, uh, which maybe should, maybe should have been the thing for the driver actually to locally call 911 and say, Hey, I've been kidnapped and hung up. You know, they'd come running. Um, because I've seen people say that the cops will just say it's a civil matter, um, you know, or, or try to cut it off and, and, and see what happens. But, you know, when you're in a situation like that, if someone is crooked enough to charge you twenty five hundred dollars uh, to basically release you from being kidnapped, they're probably unscrupulous enough to do something violent to you. Um, the bottom line here. 
is that that location has lots of Google reviews that say, um, don't park here. Don't park here. They'll charge you $1,000 or $2,000 or $6,000. So don't park here. Um, and that could have been because the driver was two miles from a truck stop. You know, he, he, he could have gone to a Loves, to a Pilot, to a Flying J. There's lots of places that he could have gone, and he didn't. So the bottom line here that we all need to learn from this is drivers, you are responsible for your decisions of where you park. And if you park somewhere where there's a crook waiting to kidnap you and hold you for a $2,500 extortion, um, and you could have avoided it, that that's what we need to focus on here. Um, but this bunch PCR recovery, Charlotte, North Carolina, they're listed as a legitimate business on the North Carolina secretary of state's website. Um, but that was one of the points that I tried to make on TikTok. Somebody had commented and said, what's well, uh, we're in the wrong business. And I thought, you know, that that's an interesting, that's an interesting statement because it's our belief that the only reason that a business exists is to provide value to its customers and return a profit to its owner. Uh, this outfit is is not doing either of those. Oh, it, well, it's turn a profit. Oh, uh, they're returning a good profit to the owner. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's turning a great profit to the owner. Um, but what it's you know, <clears throat> it, it's it's not providing any real value. Uh, to the community. Uh, it's just extortion. It's just legalized theft and extortion. Um, and I pretty much said as much when I was uh, talking to the guy on the phone and he, he, he didn't appreciate that. Um, and so, and your, your connection is really bad I have a, yet again. I have a technical question for you. Yeah. Go ahead. How? Why am I? Why is my Im, uh, image reversed and yours is not? Um, it might be something in the settings, but you're having another. Your your bandwidth is down to almost nothing now again. And when you talk, it will hold, and then it'll spit out a bunch of words. Um, and your video, I'm looking at your video right now, is completely frozen. So I don't know if you're going to have to like try to reset the router uh, I, or something. My, my uh, but I mean my my uh, when I when I do a speed test, it's crazy fast. I don't I don't know what the deal is in because it's it just sucks. I mean it now it's now it's green. Um. So anyway, I, I guess let's try to continue. Last time all this was you you accusing me it was you. Um, I have, as we speak right now, I have 595 down and I have almost 30 up. Well, it's showing, I've got, I've got a little meter on the page that you can't see, but I can see. And not right now it's green. It's perfect. But then it, it goes away. Mine stays consistently green. Um, <laughs> never enough says he got, uh, Got tagged by the same co company in Mount Holly, west side of Charlotte. Called 911. Cops made them take it off and said it was a civil matter. My company never got a court date. Okay, well, there you go. Um, I, I think <clears throat> that's probably what we should have. I kept trying to call the police, but I kept trying to call a non-emergency number. 
and all of these different locations for Charlotte Mecklenburg police would just tell you to leave a voicemail or call 911. Well, if I call 911, I'm going to get to people five miles from me. I'm not going to get Charlotte PD. So I guess if you are, um, if you face one of these crooks, you're just going to have to call the cops and see if the cops will show up. Um, you know, and I, of course, I, I filed a complaint with the North Carolina Secretary of State's office. That's probably 10 minutes of my life I'll never get back. Um, you know, so <clears throat> pretty much is what it is. Um, uh, Phil, no, I wish he would have called 911, but he didn't. Um, I didn't think to have him call 911. You know, if you Google, you know, this, this issue and, and Charlotte, um, uh, it comes up. It's, it's the news people have reported on it and you know, this is not new. So they shouldn't be surprised that these people are out there doing this stuff, you know? So I guess it kind of is what it is. You know, I, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, Uh, yes, our podcast is on Apple and Spotify. Um, you just search Blue Ribbon Podcast and it'll come up. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, listen, I've seen all the stories uh, when it happens, and I never really thought, for whatever reason, it would happen to one of ours. Uh, and now it has. And, um, you know, so... Now we've experienced it, and we've told everybody, you know. Um, well, well, but let's be completely. But but let's. I parked in a in a space during the daytime, with a sign that clearly says, "No no parking for semis." Two thousand dollar parking fine. I don't know that that's what the sign said, but there is a no parking sign there. One hundred percent. So, that is true. So when you park somewhere where it says no parking, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, in twenty five years of trucking, there's been lots of times I've I've gone places that said no trucks. I mean, we've had we literally have, you'll have a place where there's a customer, and then you know, some, some group of idiots on a city council will put up a no truck sign. I dealt with it at a dollar general, uh, one time, uh, somewhere in Ohio and I'm, I'm going, I'm parked behind the dollar general and a cop comes up to me and says, trucks aren't allowed here. I'm like, how do you, how the hell do you think this dollar general is going to get the stuff that it needs to stay open? Well, our mayor, uh, our mayor doesn't like trucks. And I'm like, well, your mayor needs to be cold and hungry and naked and, and kiss my ass. Um, but that was that was before, you know, the Internet and Google Maps to where, um, you know, you can look this place. Um, you can look this place up. And so Chris, uh, just a note here, OK, yeah, you're, this high pitch is still there by, by somebody. And on on my screen, your image is not mine. 
<clears throat> I'm looking at it uh, on restream audio, uh, but I haven't heard this. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I mean, I what I don't understand. I've got I've got this connected to my um to my my soundboard, listening to it through Bluetooth. I hear nothing, no high pitched noise whatsoever. But I just saw you, just saw you go blurry though. <clears throat> and then you kind of, your voice kind of like came in. Uh, out. Uh, but I'm looking at that monitor. Well, let me make sure that all the kids, um, I just told all my family to make sure they get off of the, that they're not streaming or anything and using up bandwidth. But <clears throat> I don't know. It's, uh, it's fascinating to me because I can listen to YouTube on my phone. And well, this is anything. a, this is a topic. You just, you just, you just cut out just then. Go ahead and talk. I was just saying this this topic comes up a lot in in the trekking media. Um, so obviously it's you know it's something that's that people are doing because they take they want to take advantage. No, ten the company's going to pay it, um, and you know it's obviously worth their while. Wouldn't be doing it, um, <clears throat> but. End of the day, uh, until, you know, there's some type of, uh, and, and it's going to be different with every state. That's going to be the problem. There's not going to be a federal law that's going to cover this. It's every state or even probably every municipality is going to be different. But as long as everybody hates trucks, you know, that's, this is not going to change. You know, uh, what has to happen is you got to protect yourself by not doing the thing. You know, like you said, yes, you do. You have gone down place where it says no trucks and, that's a decision that you make. And when you make that, you understand there may be consequences. So it's just, um, it's just a fact that if you're going to do things that are against what somebody who owns that property states, you know, you're not going to be, have a lot of things to argue about when it doesn't go your way. <clears throat> Keep talking. I'm trying something. Well, uh, somebody said, yeah, but you said the love's right down the road. No excuse for the driver parking there. And that's one of our new, new guys. And, you know, he's still learning how to look for, um, you know, to make decisions on him, on his own. And, uh, and um, he, quite frankly, he just did not take the time to look and see, you know, what was around him. He just went to the closest thing and he was, he was bobtail cause they, they, he left his trailer for him to unload. They wouldn't let him stay on the property. Um, of course this was an Amazon customer. Y'all all know how that works. So he just bobtailed across the street, you know, and, um, 
thinking he'd just be there for a little while. And um, bam, got got busted. But anyway, uh, it was frustrating. But I mean, I think I think there was a lesson learned there a little bit. Um, so uh, moving on to some other news. Uh, obviously, everybody I think saw the convoy news yesterday. It's kind of interesting how that uh, that worked out. Um, you know, and don't know what really, uh, you know, all the, that the brokers are getting rich because they skim all the money off the top. I guess that didn't, isn't exactly what you think. Um, cause if they could have skimmed money off the top and stayed in business, I'm sure they would have. <clears throat> but, uh, that was always one of the first digital freight matching companies that were, that was in, in operation. Uh, so maybe that's going to be a challenge for that particular segment of the industry. I don't know. It'll be interesting to hear what you guys say. Um, Andrew Bosworth convoy provide proves blockchain in a complete is a complete failure. Blockchain in a complete failure. Government regulations are going to make everything fair. One load per person. And we must wait until everyone has April. And I don't, I don't think that's the case, but I, pre- I appreciate your opinion. <clears throat> so, Here's what's weird. Um, <clears throat> if I use the same thing that I use on TikTok, it appears to be working. So that's what I've done. Um, because TikTok seems to be working and not not having the same problem. Um, I'm just not sure if our... Um, I'm not sure if our our... I need to know on YouTube specifically and Facebook um, is okay. We got some comments. Somebody switched over to TikTok from YouTube, and I'm fine now. Yeah, uh, the guy before it says sound is great for me. Keep digging. All right, here's what I need to know on Facebook and YouTube: Does our sound match our lips? Um, I just because if, if it is, we're good. If it doesn't, okay. um. I just I had to I had to do a different thing. So anyway, uh, but because I just noticed that TikTok is fine. TikTok doesn't have a problem. Okay. It was it right. was YouTube. So, so um, on on uh, restream, am I looking at YouTube live? On okay, restream? Richie said it's it matches. Okay, we're good. Um, okay. YouTube still has ear ringing, but yes, yeah, sound. Lord have mercy. I, I would love to know what you guys are hearing. Somebody screen record this. Richie, I want you to screen record this and then uh, text it to me. Uh, because I can't create, I cannot recreate it on my own phone listening to myself, which is bizarre of how you can hear something, but I can't hear it. Uh, yeah, somebody's saying there's an echo, but I'm not hearing that either. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Okay, so now what were we talking? Uh, we were, we were kind of winding down on the on the. Uh, yeah, I want to I want to see this, Andrew. But so convoy proves blockchain. Oh, in a complete failure, government isn't going to make everything fair. Okay, right. One loop per person. Everyone must wait until. Yeah, I, what 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 you what what blockchain is going to do is it's going to 
um, um, it, it's going to provide that transparency that everybody thinks they want, but they don't really want it because the way the market operates now, unfortunately, it can hide uh, and mask the, um, the the bad behavior uh, of people. And blockchain is going to do away with all that. So if you provide bad service, you'll never be able to outrun it. Um, that's going to be the big problem for you when we get to blockchain because um, if you suck, everybody's going to know you suck and you'll never be able to outrun that stain. Conversely, if you're great, everybody's going to know that as well. Um, you know, so... Yeah. Even Richie's hearing the he hearing the scream. Okay, Richie. Um, all right, Richie just sent me a scream. Willie's recording. saying he's going to close down YouTube. Is there a way? Uh, uh, our YouTube feed recycle reconnect. Okay, so I just listened to refresh. the screen. I just listened to the the screen recording that Re, that Richie sent me, and I don't hear anything. I hear no squealing. I don't hear anything except crystal clear audio. Hmm. <sighs> I don't know. It's bizarre. Audio just went just went blurry when you just said that to me. Okay. Um, I don't know what to take. Richie's, Richie's screaming at you. How did you not hear that? I, <clears throat> I, I didn't hear it. Um, I didn't hear it at all. Not a bit. Hmm. That's so weird. I mean, it. I don't know. Um, well, we'll try to plow through this while you look at it. Uh, another comment. Is it worth buying a used truck for parts? Uh, yeah, yeah. We 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 we're getting ready. Actually, we're getting ready to do that. So, but very thing. So we got a friend of the of the of ours that has got an older older Volvo and. The engine's been re got a Detroit engine. It's been rebuilt recently, and there's a problem with the frame, and so it's not really practical or usable on the on the road. But it's got lots of good parts on it, so we're going to do that. It's and, uh, we've actually bought a couple of trucks that have been totaled uh, back from the junkyard for salvage for that very reason, because it had good parts on it, and we paid so little for it. Just the tires off of it were worth more than we paid for. It. But yes, I agree with that. The the thing about buying a truck for parts, the biggest the biggest hurdles are one, you got to have a place to put it, right? Mm -hmm. Two, you know, if you're going to pull a motor or a transmission or something out of it, you got to have some big equipment. Now we're fortunate to have a shop um, that has a, a forklift, you know, and some and some lift and transmission jacks, but I mean, I've also watched Carl build a transmission jack out of an old floor jack and the remains of a passenger seat, you know. So um, if you have someone that you can kind of partner with where you can, um, uh, you know, have them have a place to put it, you know, because it doesn't take long to strip one down. I mean, you could strip one down in a day, 
uh, get the motor and transmission out of it, strip everything you want to, haul it off to the junkyard. Um, but it it's not, you know, a lot of people are not going to be able to just set a big truck in their front yard uh, without some sort of consequences, either from inside the house or outside the house. You know, so that that's going to create a challenge for you. But as far as just the mathematical equation, does it make sense to buy a used truck for parts? Absolutely. Um, it's you decide to ask yourself, how practical is it for me to buy a truck for parts? And then where am I going to put these parts? How am I going to get them out? That kind of stuff. So that, you know, that, that can be the challenge. Uh, but it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, definitely worth it. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, again, you got to have a way to manage it, a way to, Probably got to have a way of getting it to you. You're going to, have to tow it to yourself, obviously, and you're going to have to um, store it. But. Oh, <laughs> hey, so on TikTok, Carl, who I believe is someone that commented a, a few weeks ago, says he just got let go from Convoy on Friday. Carl, mm-hmm. you need to send me an email. We need to have a conversation. Um, do we hire out of West Texas? Um, it's not that we don't hire out of West Texas. I just can't get you home, you know? So if you want to come do the program um, and not get home very much, just understand from day one, you're, you're not, it's not like you're going to get home every weekend in West Texas because there's no freight. Um, is OPS worth it? Absolutely. 100% worth it. We have, I don't know, 5 million miles that we've tracked with an OPS. We have a Mercedes with 1.8 million miles on the original engine um, that's had four oil changes in its life. Uh, OPS, uh, even if you don't do extended drains, the, the data that you're going to get from doing oil samples every 25,000 miles is going to pay for, uh, the cost of the installation, 12, 1300 bucks, um, uh, well, by, by that, saving you. The, the OPS in and of itself is not going to provide that. It provides you a way of getting it, you know, taking it easily, but you still have to actually participate in the oil sample program, right? you know, by taking the samples and sending them into the lab and, and then looking at the results and interpreting those and, and applying it to your situation. So, I mean, in that regard, it, the OPS is not going to do that for you. It'll, it allows you to do it rather easily. Um, but uh, it's, I mean, just, there's, there are, we've got two complete um, episodes about this. Yeah. Uh, there, there are multiple advantages to it. You know, there's three major advantages to the, uh, the OPS. You know, it, it's, uh, it saves you money if you'll take advantage of extended drains. Uh, it also saves you money because it, you're, you have fresh oil all the time. And so you have less wear and tear on the motor. And so you're not going to be this, this Mercedes we're talking about 1.8 million miles. Nobody's ever had a Mercedes engine go 1.8 million miles that I've ever heard of without right. having to have an end frame or any major work. And then the second thing is you always know the health of your engine because of the sampling program. You always know what's going on long before. Right now, we, we know about uh, trucks that have fuel dilution or, or coolant intrusion or whatever way before it's a problem, you know, because it had to have happened in the last 25,000 miles because that's the interval of our sampling program. And then, of course, lastly, um, the um, – uh, help me, Chris. I just lost my train of thought. That train um, left a long time ago. <laughs> hey, hey, Evan Boone on TikTok says, my family owns a large moving company. Would you be interested in a 2005 Freightliner? My first thought was maybe. Then he said, with a Mercedes. And I, nope, no thank you. 
Um, we, we have the one Mercedes they ever built. Uh, we don't need another one. Um, we do not hire out of California. That is a 100% no. <clears throat> um, uh, and uh, here's way one. back. Go ahead. Chris, way back, way, way back. The first comment, never enough. You guys must be busy. I put an application on Tuesday. <clears throat> Let me confirm that. Let's consult the book of knowledge. Well, I saw, yeah. I think I saw one come in. Uh, Is those coming on podcasts or on loads? Those like coming on loads. loads. Driver application, uh, October 18th. Well, yeah, I don't know Wednesday. his handle. What, what was it, October 18th? It's Spokane, Washington. If you're Spokane, Washington, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's um, if, that, if that's you, that we, you didn't get called back because we have no, no way of hiring you from Washington. Uh, you have to understand we kind of we kind of you know vet these by geography first and for the very reason chris said i mean number one we we don't we don't run there our trucks don't really go west of 35 you know for with very often if, if ever and um we don't have freight relationships there and there's no way you're ever going to get home so we don't even go there because who wants to do that who wants to do this and never go home so <clears throat> right. Um, Philip uh, Philip Brown was asking about you know how does oil not lose its viscos viscosity? And Rocky answered him, but I'll answer it for everybody else. Um, oil has been in the ground millions of years. Um, we have been marketed to and sold over you know these last many years. Uh, well, you have to change it every 3,000 miles or 5,000 miles or 15,000 miles, but nobody can say why. Well, just do it. Just, 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 just shut up and do what we tell you. But we can tell you that we have, again, millions of miles of oil analysis that we have studied personally, plus all of the people around us that we know that have used these products for years, um, that, that you can when you can send oil to a lab and the lab says, oil's good. Here's the viscosity numbers. Here's the base number. Uh, here's every line item about that oil. And again, go to episode 108. No. Yeah. I think it's 108. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's two, there's, there's two or three episodes where we talk in depth about OPS on the YouTube channel. You have to search blue ribbon OPS. I promise it'll, it'll show up in your friend Google. Um, you know, so, but it's like this meme that we saw the other day and it's, you know, and it's a man and a woman sitting at a table and, and, and one of them, I think it's the man says to the woman, um, you know, let me interrupt your, uh, your experience with my confidence, you know, everybody's confident that, um, we're, we're making it up, but I mean, that would be fine, but the difference when you see someone you'll call a charlatan or a snake oil salesman, well, they generally don't have the data to back up what they're saying. We do. We have the fuel mileage data uh, when we talk about tires. We have the oil sample data when we talk about oil. Um, it, it's not even we. I personally bought the OPS in 2009. I put it on my truck. You know, I don't, it's, it's none of this is hearsay. The, the truck with 1.85 million miles on it was my truck. And so it's, I don't, it, 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 whether you believe it or not, it doesn't really matter to me because I don't give a crap really. 
But if you want to learn and you'll listen, um, the the one thing you're going to find out about what we do here is everything we do here, number one, is based on numbers. And it's also backed up by data and facts. You know, it's not how we feel. We, we completely just ignore what somebody else says, okay? Because if we don't personally do it ourselves, we don't talk about it. So, um, you know, the, this all this thing about, oh, this, this, is, this is like Chevy and Ford, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody has their bias and their prejudice, and it's all how they were raised. Well, I was raised doing this, and I was raised doing that. That's all great, okay? But when presented with factual data, if you can't take that and, 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 and integrate that into your thinking so that you can maybe improve on, on some things, then that, that, that's on you, okay? That, that doesn't mean that, I mean, the, the technology is there. You know, the data is there. Um, the, the, the thing about losing, most, if you're losing viscosity, it's because you've got a fuel intrusion or a cool intrusion. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're gaining v- viscosity, it's because you got, you got soot. I mean, all these things, or you're putting Lucas in your, in your oil, right. all these things can be, can be found. There, there's a, there's a, a way of finding out how it's happening, you know? And so all this wives tale about oil, we did, we discuss a little bit of that in the, um, in the, in that episode. We also had a representative from, um, from Shell. Yep. Uh, on on our episodes, and and of course she's a factory person, and I kind of challenge her a little bit, but you know some of the things that 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 she said, you know, backs up what we talk about. So, you know, it's you you, you don't listen, you don't if you don't want to do it, if you want to change your life over fifteen thousand miles because that's how your daddy did it, that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm telling you, it's not necessary if you will keep your oil clean, and if you have a, a bypass oil filtration system that will clean 11 gallons in a day, your oil's always going to be clean. There's, there's more than just the OPS, but the OPS is the only one that I know of that also takes the um, liquid contaminants out. A lot, all of them filter solids, but I don't only know of one that, that filters out liquid contaminants. That's why we use the one we use. So if you really want to know all about it, then do the research. You know, we're, we're recommending it. And by the way, all, in all fairness, Yes, we now are sponsored by, by Pittsburgh Power, who owns OPS. But that happened last year, and I've been doing this since 2009. So we're, you know, they, they're supporting us because we already approved their, their products. Um, we didn't approve it just because they started sponsoring us. That Dude, I'm, I'm cracked. By the way, I turned my headphones down. So let me know if your squeal goes away. Maybe I just had my headphones cranked up too high, but I'm dying at these YouTube comments. 412 HWC says, do they have anything truly constructive to talk about how they run cheap cash trucks? To which Royal Royal Rise replies, I see you want to order a Larry Long special. Will you be paying with cash or card? <laughs> well, Royal, those, those Larry Long specials are usually free. Um, I ain't buying nobody's shit, but the only trick in this industry they have is buy a $10,000 truck, T-R-U-C-C, and put 50. Well, no, um, that's not what we say. That, that's not even close to what we say. Um, here's that, you know, there's a fascinating, um, there's a fascinating thing that you can do in 2023. 
you can hear someone say something like, we buy trucks for $10,000. And you can go, hmm, I've never heard that before. Um, and then you can go do the research. This is literally episode 182. Now, what that means is that there were 181 episodes that preceded this one. And I would say that the average length of our episodes is probably an hour and 45 minutes to two hours. Um, so if I, oh my gosh, I don't have the BSE 9000 with me because I had it today, but I'm just going to take a, 181 and multiply it by 1.5. Um, that's 3,000 hours that we have spent talking about everything that we do, why we do it, how we do it, what's the reasoning behind it. And so um, what we don't, what we're not going to do, and what we don't owe anyone is for us to put 3,000 hours into communicating what we do and then be expected to solve all your questions for you in 32 seconds. So that's not going to happen. But if you, I mean, you're, if you're a truck driver, all you got time to do is listen. Um, so I would probably suggest maybe you just go on over to iTunes or Spotify or podcast, uh, any podcast app, any possible podcast app you can find, and you could peruse through some of those 3,000 hours, and most of your questions are going to get answered. I know that we live in a microwave society, but this is crockpot world over here. It's low and slow. It takes a little time, you know, because you kind of got to hear it a couple of times. Um, but we have talked so much about everything that we do, what we do, how we do it, why we do it, um, that I will never, ever, as long as I live, apologize to anyone uh, for, for hurting their feelings because I say that we tell people to buy a truck for 10000 or less, maybe up to fifteen, depending on the truck, and then put twenty five or so in it so that when you get up to that $40,000 number, you have got an absolute money-making machine because the suspension's been gone through, the brakes have been gone through, the motor's been gone through, the transmission's been checked, the interior has been made a little bit nicer, and it's got better headlights, and and everything works, right? And so those that say, oh, it's a um, DOT magnet. Okay, let's say, for example, no, this doesn't happen. I, I'm going to guess and say that we've probably had 10 roadsides in the last five years. But our trucks are so meticulously and expertly maintained that if a road pirate did climb underneath one, it's about a 98% pass rate because they're going to go, wow, well, the brakes are new and the bushings are new and the transmission and the, and the suspension is straight. Everything is perfect on these trucks. They expect it to look used because it's a used-looking truck. I mean, look, I've had I've had that comment. You know, good take it in and get a one twenty done back when I was driving. And the guy goes, "Man, I didn't expect this. Everything <laughs> under here is new." You know, um, again, it's it's these it's these biases that people have. Listen, I, I can't let this go by. Okay, because number number one, if, you know, we we use our real names here, and I get phone calls every day, so I know you can find me on the internet. But when you come on here with some kind of a code name like 412HWC and you want to start throwing shade and everything, that's easy to do, you know, when you're got the curtains closed on your cab and you're you're in there on your CB while you're jerking off, you know, telling everybody how bad ass you are. But these two clowns you're talking about, 
talking about the same truck with 1.5 million miles for, for three years. Well, number one's eight point, it's 1.85 million miles. Let's get, to, let's get it straight. <laughs> we talk about it because it matters. Okay. It's an example of using this technology and this, and this approach to maintenance because it is a lunatic idea to most people. It literally says it right on the, the screen. Lunatics. The lunatics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're coming on here expecting to hear regular truck stuff like they have on on uh, the road dog, that's not what you're going to hear here. We we do things 180 degrees different than most of the industry. And guess what? We're not. We also don't see us on any of these shows complaining about the brokers and the government and the prices and the rates and everything because we don't have to. We make money. And and I'll also throw this out to you. you know, all the t- all the trucks I see on on Facebook all the time and, and all the things I'm, I'm selling my truck because I'm, I'm getting out. None of them are old trucks. <laughs> Those are all new trucks. Okay, if they are old trucks, they're the wrong old trucks. Okay, because they're three seventy nine beats. So you know you 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 can't. First of all, understand this. We do this. For information only, I could give a rat's ass whether you take this and use it or not. Okay, this is our marketing arm because we need about fifteen drivers every year and a half, and we know for a fact that one hundred twenty-five thousand people read, listen to these things through to the end. And out of those one hundred twenty-five thousand people, we typically can get the fifteen people that we need. That's right. how we do this. It's a marketing thing for us. If you believe it, great. If you don't believe it, I don't care. Okay. Because f- 15 people will, and they'll come over here because they agree with what we do. And we can teach them how then to be successful in this business that most of you guys are failing in. All right. So that's why we do it. So, and, and here, here's a perfect example. Okay. I, we had a TikTok that went to almost a million views. It's one where I hurt. I mean, I absolutely hurt everybody's feelings over tires. Okay. I went and looked at the analytics of that video. Now, if I'm remembering right, that video was like 99 seconds long. Okay. The <clears throat> average watch duration was 45 seconds. So that means that the average person that came by watched half of the video, probably left an ignorant, incoherent, stupid comment and left. 12% of those views were people that watched the whole thing, all right? So when you do the math, it was 125,000 people that watched that whole video. And there's a TikTok right here on, uh, or comment on TikTok, Danny Strother. Owner of 190 trucks with a brokerage. I lurk in the chat. Keep up the good work. Uh, and he says he also owns a <laughs> shop. So... The the unfortunate truth of social media is, like Larry said, I mean, there's a maximum capacity we have. I mean, I mean 15, 20 trucks is all that we, our little tiny company, can handle. And But when you expose yourself to millions of people, uh, in order to get the social media thing to work, you have to engage these trolls, right? Um, and, and, I've, I, and I've taken over the last few days, I've taken, I've blocked a few people. Um, the trolls, I don't care about as, you know, just somebody that comes by and says a stupid comment. Um, uh, but there are people that ask genuine questions because they're genuinely curious. I'm interested in those people. I do want to answer good questions, but the ones that come back to every video, 
over and over and over again just to be a jackass. Now you're gone. I blocked. Right. You're. I'm, I'm <clears> done. <throat> um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not a jury here. We're not we're not trying to convince, you know, or convict or you know. I mean, it, it's it's our information. Okay. You're challenging us. I mean, let me promise you one thing. Let me let me let me guarantee you this. Okay, you're not going to change the way we do things. All right, you're no matter how much you don't like what we do or how much you don't believe what we say, that doesn't affect anybody. All it does is if I'm getting the mood and I drink enough bourbon, I'm just going to wear your ass out on the episode. But beyond that, it doesn't matter because nobody really cares. All right, you understand? We're looking for a a a, a drop a drop of liquid in an ocean and the rest of the ocean we could care less about. Okay. It doesn't really matter. It's entertainment. It get, if it gets you excited and you want to get on here and argue a little bit, that's great. That's entertainment. It's not going to change anything. Okay. But if you, if you're struggling or you can't figure out how you want to do business and, and, uh, and, and I mean, and let me reference Dwayne here. I want to buy my first lunatic truck. Uh, and whenever I tell others my plan, they all say, what if it blows up the next day? Well, great question. All Dwayne quit asking everybody else. Okay. Cause what do they know? You know, do you think that they are not biased by the industry thinking that buy a new truck with a warranty? Cause those never blow up the next day, you know? Right. And if you do the warranty pays for it. Yeah. Except for the, 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 the truck payments that you're missing every week while it's in the shop mm-hmm. waiting to get worked on. So I, I, you know, I don't buy that. And if if you want to buy a lunatic truck and you like the model, please don't talk to anybody else because they're not lunatics. All right. And you have to be thick enough skin to tell them to leave you the fuck alone, you know, because all they're going to do is, oh, I told you that truck would break down. I told you that truck would break down. You know, I mean, here's the thing. All these things everybody talks about with us having 10, 15 trucks, don't you think we'd have 10 or 15 times the problems? Mm -hmm. And we don't. Okay. And we don't. So it, well, it's, and there's I, a, I just, you know, I just can't buy it. But there's a very practical answer to that question too. What if, okay, because listen, we talk about managing risk. All right. When, if you're going to get into business, you have to manage risk. Right. And, and, and that risk has, um, has a, a, a dollar amount or can have a dollar amount tied to it. Okay. So you save up the money and you pay cash for a lunatic truck. All right, now you got it. You paid 10 grand. It's right there. All right, now we're going to use cash again to fix it up. And we estimate that between somewhere between 15 and $25,000 to fully lunatic it. Okay, so now you've spent 40,000 cash, but there's no payment. It's just sitting there. You haven't, you haven't pulled a load with it yet. Right, it's just sitting there. Uh, you get at least onto a carrier. We're leased to Landstar. You lease it onto a carrier. And day one, it throws a rod. Okay. Put a motor in it. I, I mean, is it inconvenient? Yes. Is it unfortunate? Yes. Is it bad timing? Yes. But in all of the years that Larry's been doing this, um, and and I've been here five years, and we've been doing this since I got here, we have yet to have a catastrophic failure with a truck. I'm going to pretty confidently say inside year one. Okay. So if you take our average, our experience, and you say, okay, we've never had a catastrophic failure 
inside year one, then the average is one year. Well, in one year, a truck should generate a profit of $150,000 to $200,000, of which you should be saving aggressively with your new business. So if you get to day 366 and it throws a rod, go on vacation while somebody puts motor in it, right? But I think it's hard for a lot of people to consider that cash basis because ain't nobody in America debt-free. Everybody's, you know, except Larry, everybody's up their eyeballs in debt. So they can't think about, well, if I have a, if I have a paid-for asset sitting here and it's not costing me anything, um, and something happens to it, well, I just, I, maybe I would have to go back to being a company driver. We had a guy contact us a couple weeks ago, a month ago, um, who had bought a crate motor from Detroit. All right. It had a one year, 100,000 mile warranty. And, and, and he literally went, what was it? 300 miles over the warranty. And it threw a rod and they said, sorry about your luck. Now, we did some very light forensics on his operation, and we, we, we found out some of his decisions along the way uh, probably contributed to his financial situation. He did a lot of things that we would not have done, which goes to what old 412 here is saying. Uh, they aren't the only ones who are winning or successful. We've never said that. We've never said that. Um, <clears throat> what our mission in life and in business is to provide the tools and training for people that desire to be an owner-operator. They see the opportunity, as Larry's always said. They see the opportunity in the trucking industry, and we want to give them the tools that they can take to slowly get into the trucking industry and slowly work their way up to having a strong, sustainable, successful business because the one thing about our deal is it works every time. It works in every market. Up market works. Down market it works. Media market it works. Our business model works every single time. There are other business models that work some of the time. But ours works 100% of the time. There's never a, oh, well, the brokers put me out of business. Uh, the you know the president, the Congress, whatever, that doesn't happen to us because the way we have structured things, the way we do business, the loads that we pick, the places that we go, everything is determined by the calculator. So, um, no, it's not the only way to do business. It is the safest way to do business. It's the most <clears> secure <throat> way let to me do interject. business. Go ahead. Let me interject something. I noticed on TikTok when we come on live, it, there's always this disclaimer right there that comes on. You know what I'm talking about? It uh, something about we're leased to Landstar. Da 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 da. Did is that something you um, put in a it just profile says, or something? It just, it just says small fleet leased to Landstar, right? Okay. Well, here's what I want you to I'll add to that or change it to. Okay. Because okay? we have to say it every fucking episode <laughs> because people don't listen. All right. We don't try to change the trucking industry. Our goal in life is not to go out and tell people that what they're doing is wrong. That's not what we do. We've never said that. Well, I, we have said about lease purchases. That is right. Wrong. But what, our, what we're here to do is to take the person who wants to buy their first truck and become an open, op, 
owner-operator for the first time and give them an alternative way of doing it where they don't have to go in debt. They don't have to have a 13 or 15 or 16 or $1,900 a week truck payment through a lease purchase because the industry lets them think that that's the only way to do it. Okay. And we just try to show them a different way, a more risk-free way, a way that they can do this without having a ton of money, maybe can do it without having to make uh, going to debt at all and still make money and build a solid business. And after they've got money in the bank and they're, and they've, they've got all the relationships built. If they want to go buy a 172 inch sleeper, I, I'm not going to criticize that. Okay. But y'all misunderstand this all the time that we're trying to tell you out there that's already got a truck, you know, what to do. I mean, we may not agree with the decisions you made and we may advise people that that might not be the best thing to do. Every now and then somebody does finish a lease purchase. Okay. But Mm -hmm. 99.9% of them don't. So that means that we're just talking about what we would recommend people to do to, to, to think about a different opportunity. I wasn't going to bring this up tonight, but I'm going to go. I'm, now you've got me started. So, <laughs> you know, I am, I am, I am sick and tired. I am sick and tired of how this industry destroys people. You know, I mean, it, it's a every day. I mean, there's the, the tip of the iceberg is the only ones you see. There's literally thousands more that you never hear about, never read about, never know about people that, that, that have been lied to by recruiters to even get in the industry and then lied to by companies to keep them in the industry because they think that the reason you're quitting is because you can't control your own destiny. Well, I can fix that. Sign this lease right here. You'll be your own boss. You know, I mean, this industry just eats people up and spits them out. And, and, and that's, there's no reason for that. And, and it's, it's probably, I mean, it, it, how many people do you go through before you use them all up? Now we're going to take 18 year olds and 21 year olds because we've used up all the other people they no longer believe the bullshit. So let's get somebody young. That's young. Fuck. You know, this industry sucks in that regard. And I'm just sick and tired of it, you know? And, uh, you know, you, you guys, uh, I, it, it just, it makes me sick. It makes me sick. And then here we are trying to truly give a handful of people a real opportunity risk-free, you know, you know, <laughs> number one, we're not trying to find drivers to drive that shit. Oh, shit. Your audio is breaking up. That they use to critical think with, and they don't care about what other people say. And they go, you know what? That, that This might be a better way of doing it. And look, I'm not from the trucking industry. If we get outside of trucking into any other industry, what we do is normal. It's just abnormal here. Right. You know, <clears throat> now it might be normal in other industries where they try to f- screw people to the ground. <clears throat> but this, this industry is, is horrible. And that's why it has, that's why we got people here that are desperate because they can't really make it on their own. So what do they want to do? Let's go drag the brokers down because that's our enemy. You know, they don't need to be making any money because if they didn't, if they weren't there, I'd make more money or uh, the mega flow. Just pick it. Uh, all the things that you can attack, you know, and then when that's all done, let's attack the government, you know, because I made all these stupid decisions and now the government should make it work. And make-
it's um that was weird so i could i could see the meter moving on tiktok like they could hear you but it cut out it's freaking bizarre um the the thing that that like you said this industry sells a lie to people um and and it's and it and it's very very easy to see who benefits you know that two words who benefits is the most important question you can ever learn to ask in your life especially if someone is using any type of fear or pressure to try to get you to make a decision who benefits well it's easy to see leasing companies banks carriers you can see who benefits um who benefits with us doing what we do what we do um uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, we've gone on and on and on about the state of truck repair uh, in this in this industry. Um, and I would gladly pay two hundred dollars an hour for somebody that was worth it. But you can't go to su- the supposed certified professionals uh, who want two hundred or one hundred and eighty, two hundred, two hundred and forty dollars an hour. And they're not worth it. Um, you know, we have learned to find very, very small independent shops, um, that will charge somewhere between 110 and 150. Uh, and we actually get that much value out of it. I don't have a problem paying somebody what they're worth. Uh, but I have a huge problem. You wanting $240 an hour and then you give me $75 an hour worth, uh, worth back that I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that. Um, but again, with the new trucks and the warranty, you're forced to go to those people, you know, unless you go to Pittsburgh power, you know, you find someone who's an expert outside of, um, that, but the old trucks are still an option unless you live in California. That's also easily fixed. It's called U-Haul just move, um, and, and leave that shithole state behind. Um, but for the other 47 states, uh, old trucks uh, will still haul freight and will still make money. They will do it efficiently, they will do it reliably, and they will do it safely. Um, and that's what we're here to do. But, you know, the, the, we know that there's a time coming where the old trucks won't be viable anymore. Now, old mother trucker on TikTok today had some video of a guy running a 1973 cab over hauling, I guess, hogs or something. And I commented, and I'm like, well, I'm just here to, I'm just here to wait for all the people. You can't make money with old trucks, and why don't it have a warranty? And someone on TikTok, I think, had asked, uh, what about trucks from the 80s? Listen, a, a truck that will haul freight, I, I, I don't care. The issue you're going to have with trucks in the 80s is mechanical engines that are less uh, less efficient than the newer trucks. You know, the, the Detroit Series 60, the N14, the ISX, even the 6NZ Cat 
those electronic engines, if you drive them correctly, can be incredibly efficient, can be incredibly reliable. Uh, but we choose the C-120 Freightliner Colombian Century platform because it is the cheapest truck to operate. The parts are cheap. They're easy to work on. They're very simply built. There's, there's not a bunch of expensive stuff to worry about, CPCs and PNDBs and all these damn modules and shit you've got to deal with. It's a cheap, efficient, reliable truck. That's it. Never once do I consider what's somebody at a stoplight going to think of me when they see this truck. I don't care. I couldn't care less. Matter of fact, I'm I'm getting to the point now where I want to just start exchanging hoods on you know take the blue truck the blue hood and put it on the green truck just so that I can trigger those people and and make their their I want I want to see them have actual physical convulsions. I want to make my trucks as ugly as possible for no other reason than to just trigger truck drivers. You know that that. Man, I really wish I could hear what you're saying right now because um, I can see you lighting up. They can hear you, but I can't, and I have no idea why. <sighs> Completely lost him, but you guys can hear him. One, two, yep, I can hear myself. I can't hear a word you're saying. Well, now they're saying you're muted. Oh, God, I can hear you fine on TikTok. I just can't hear. Oh, he's gone. Now he's back. Can you hear me now? I can't hear nothing. Can't hear nothing. One, two, one, one, There you go. I got your back. We're going to listen. We're going to have to get us a producer. You know, all the money we're making off this thing, we we surely could afford to buy hire a producer. I I wish I, I I don't know y'all. It's the damnedest thing. I mean, what I was saying when you couldn't hear me is that we had somebody ask what if we provide our drivers a bag to put over their head, oh, so they wouldn't be embarrassed <laughs> to drive our trucks. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you was know, one of what, my favorites. What we, what we do, I know, is 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 uh, a lot of people can't understand it. I get that, you know, but you know, it's not that we worry about it, but you know. Um, it's, um, and I don't expect you to understand it really. So, um, like I say, we're, this is a marketing arm of the, our masterclass program to attract about a dozen to 15 people every year and a half. 
that want to find a different way of doing things and, you know, are, um, also want to, want to make sure that they stay financially sound or get financially sound in the process. You know, we incorporate a lot of Dave Ramsey's financial, uh, advice in our program about paying things with cash, not being in debt. And, um, that's what we choose to do. You know, you don't have to agree with it. And I mean, look, if I didn't agree with you, I wouldn't watch your podcast. I mean, I don't watch podcasts anyway, so, <laughs> right. but I wouldn't, but I wouldn't watch yours if I didn't agree with you. I mean, I, I, the last thing I would do would troll it, you know? So, um, of course I know you guys, a lot of you guys have nothing to do, but, um, <clears throat> I've never had that problem, have nothing to do. So uh, somebody says they were uh, recently yeah, parked your flatbed. Yeah. yeah. It looked decent. Well, thank you. Uh, that's actually my trailer. I own that trailer. So, um, what else we got going on, Chris? Uh, Matthew says that Chris, you once said you could take an eighties cab over and make money with it. Uh, you could just make more money in a lunatic truck. Yeah. I could take an eighties cab over and make money with it. I mean, I could take any paid for truck, um, that I had gone through. Um, but I mean, it's like, you know, I'm a big gearhead and I, I love to watch these guys build these drag cars and street rods and, uh, just ridiculous, you know, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, um, not a hot, uh, pro mod. Uh, no, that's not the word resto mod. Right. Where you take like a 67 Shelby. I mean, you drop a new coyote in it, you know, or you take an old pickup truck and you put a Hellcat motor in it. I think that stuff's cool as hell, right? But there's no practicality. They're absurd. They're, um, uh, and I love them and I want one, right? But when it comes to a truck, I need a truck that I can start hook to a trailer and efficiently go down the road. All right. My, my gauge is the fuel surcharge every week. I want to spend less on fuel than we get paid in fuel surcharge. We're able to do that with these trucks. Um, that's our, that, that's our, that's our motivation. Now would the, would the, the, the boy in me love to take like an old Kenworth cab over and put a new updated motor in it? Sure. I think it would be awesome, but that's not practical, you know? Um, uh, I, I just, I, it's, it's just about getting, we use the baby analogy. When you have a baby, you have to feed it for three or five years. If you don't, it will die. A business is the same way. Um, now when you get to the point where your business is sound and you're making money, and if you decide to take a portion of that, and you want to build a show truck, well, hell, go ahead. The problem is you cannot start on day one with a show truck. And so when everybody gets their panties in a wad that I say your first truck should not be a 379, your your first truck should not be a 379 or a W9. Your first truck should be the cheapest truck that you can get your hands on, that you can make efficient and reliable, so that you can stay in business long enough so that someday, if you want to go stroke a check and buy that big show truck, you can. You own the truck instead of the truck owning you. But 
I think a lot of people get they get caught up in this insecurity of literally having their lives dictated by what they think someone else will think of them when they look at them. Well, fortunate for me, I don't give a shit. You know, I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what you think of my truck. I care what he thinks. I care what my family thinks. I care what my two or three closest friends think, and I'll listen to them. And if they say, you know, hey, I don't think you should do this different, then I'm going to listen. But somebody on the Internet or somebody I drive past on the interstate, oh, I don't like to look at his truck. Okay. Well, just don't like it then. You know, because you know what happens when you get offended? Nothing. Literally nothing happens. Phil asked a question. Let let me me, hit this. Well, go ahead. Go ahead and hit that. There's a huge part of this country that thinks it's no, that, that it's normal and, and it should be expected that you have a car payment, okay? That, that that's, just, that's just everyday life. Um, and in this industry, it's expected, well, I'm going to have a truck payment, you know? Well, you got to send money to make money. Uh, but it's not. It, that's, not the, that's not the only way of living your life. You do not have to go into debt to buy a car, Okay. You shouldn't go into bed, debt to buy a car. You know why? Because cars depreciate. Okay? Most people will never, ever be able to retire and have in financial independence because of car payments. Okay? If you have a car payment your whole life and you figure out what the interest is you pay on those car payments, you know, and you, you invested that money every month to send it to a GMAC, it will, it will, it will make you cry the money that you wasted in your life. So it's not normal. It's normal for, for our culture because everybody wants it now. Nobody wants to wait and work for it. Got to have it now, you know, got to have a new truck. Uh, you can't go buy that junk that, and then the rationalization, well, if I buy it, it's going to break down tomorrow. You know, that's, that's just rationalization, you know? When we see, um, the, uh, in the Facebook groups on Landstar, you know, um, people will experience a problem. Hey, this problem happened. Why won't Landstar do something? And my response generally, not my actual, just my thought, because I don't waste a lot of time in there unless it's really juicy and I might jump in. But my thought is when I, my reaction, when I see that is first, your problem that you're facing right now is because you don't understand a how the industry works or b how Landstar works. And if what you're what you're outlining here was a real problem, we would experience it times 10. But we don't. So you're pointing out, oh, well, this, this happened to me and it, and yeah, it's terrible. Whatever it was, it was terrible. It was inconvenient. It cost you money. It was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I get all that. Right. But to, but the, but the idea that it's a systemic problem that somebody can fix. Well, no, that's not true because if that were true, your problem that you just experienced, we would experience times 10 yet. We don't. Well, why is that experience? We have that. You don't. Um, uh, we, uh, we, have, we have policies and procedures in place, again, born from experience, to prevent a lot of those things from happening. Um, 
And so, and so it's funny, you'll come from a position of experience and say, oh, hey, yeah, listen, I understand what you're saying here, but here's a different way to look at it. I don't want to look at it a different way. I want Landstar to fix it. Well, uh, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be horribly disappointed because they're not going to fix it. Um, uh, Chris, the, Chris, the biggest reason we don't have those problems are is because we don't hire truck drivers. Right. That's the number one reason. <clears throat> I did a TikTok today that's going absolutely nowhere for some reason, less than a thousand views. But there is a uh, there's an account we follow. I follow called uh, Shannon uh, Gemini or something other. And she she I've followed her for a while. She she's brokerage or dispatching or something. And uh, she called it the great onion larceny of uh, 2023. Where I saw, I saw that. Um, you know, she, and she tells the story in two parts. It takes about 10 minutes to listen to the whole story. But basically what happened is um, a, a driver's on a 2,700-mile load of onions. He gets within 220 miles of the receiver, and the truck breaks down. And, uh, and of course, they can't fix it. They can't figure out what's wrong with it. And her testimony is that the broker just, like, was just, you know, like a, like a jealous ex-girlfriend, just blowing up the phone and sending emails and texts and making threats and blah, 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 blah. Um, they eventually got it worked out, got the load delivered. Um, and as I'm watching this, I'm thinking right here, this, this is why we are leased to a carrier, uh, not necessarily this specific carrier, just we're leased to a carrier rather than having our own numbers. Uh, for situations like this, because we always have that 800-pound gorilla over in the corner uh, that's that's Landstar's customer service people, and they do have big hammers, and they can pull them out and use them from time to time. Um, but we would never encounter that sort of abuse from a broker that she had to deal with, um, which it just, just won't. They, they would never make it through the gateways to get to us, right? Um, now, have I had a... Uh, a broker call me one too many times. Yeah. Uh, have I had, you know, people sending me text messages? Yeah. But I mean, y'all, I'm, I'm not violated because somebody sent me a text message. So calm down. Um, but this whole thing, and there's still a question unanswered in her story that I'm waiting to hear the answer is if they ever get paid for this load. Okay. So she said 2,700 bucks, 2,700 miles. Uh, let's say it paid $3. Okay, that's seventy five. That's somewhere around eight thousand dollars, eight nine thousand dollars. What if you never get paid on an eight or nine thousand dollar load? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Okay, all y'all that are so hell bent on being mad at somebody for being leased to a carrier, you're not a real company because you don't have your own numbers. Okay, cupcake. Um, fine, uh, you're welcome to your opinion, but I promise you, if I deliver a load and I scan the paperwork, I'm getting paid. 100% of the time, 100%. And I didn't give any money to a factoring company. So I'm getting paid 100% every time. And if Landstar never gets paid, they never come back and take money from us. They accept that risk. Okay. And, and, and just about any other reputable keyboard, reputable carrier that you lease to is going to be the same way. Um, and so it's a it's a there's a there's a mathematical calculation you can do to measure risk. So when all y'all want to be all bent bent out of shape over Landstar takes so much of your money, um, we are completely, completely, one hundred percent comfortable with the arrangement that we have made. 
one hundred percent. There's, there's, I would not renegotiate we, that contract. Well, you're stepping in all the, you're stepping in all the dog shit tonight, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, couple questions. Uh huh. Um, is it smart path to run the pre-emissions truck until EV is mandated and skip the DPF and DEF trucks? Oh, well, one no. EV's never going to be mandated. I was going to say that that's down. that. Yeah, that question is really not valid because the EV is never going to be mandated. Turn, and I doubt it ever really. The best thing you even, can do for the sake of your sanity is to turn off the television. EVs are never going to be mandated. Write it down. It's nine nine. It's twenty. It's nine nineteen p.m. October twenty first, twenty twenty three. I have said it, and I will stand on that till the day I fall over and croak. Electric vehicles will never be mandated. Write it down. Uh, <clears throat> I agree. And I don't even don't think they're going to actually be a big percentage of the industry. So, uh, well, here's the thing. <laughs> How are you going to plug them up? Mm-hmm. How, what, what, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think so. Uh, do all drivers in your programs run van or is there options for flatbed? Uh, all the drivers have to start on van because we're teaching the, we use a football analogy here. We're teaching a foundation, the, the, the principles uh, the basics of uh, blocking and tackling. Mm-hmm. And so there's no, there's more loads for van than anything else. Um, trying to teach you how to navigate the Landstar system and utilize the load board is a lot easier to do in a van than in a flatbed. And most people who come here don't have the experience for it anyway. And if they do, they don't have the experience enough to get beyond an FB1. And so it is, we do have three, platform trailers that we let people migrate into as they become available from the people that are in it now who leave the program. And, um, and then we have the best, um, flatbed, uh, our platform dispatcher and coach in the industry. 100%. And, uh, he takes over that, those people. And then we've already taught him all the foundation and now he's working with them on load securement and all that sort of stuff. So, so yes, we do have that option. It's it's limited to three people at this point in time, um, because that's the only number of trailers that we have. Now, um, we can we can say again because we have the data, a fifty three foot flatbed and a Conestoga make killer money, right? Absolutely. Step deck, absolutely. step deck, not so much. Um, okay, but like Larry said, w- what we're trying to do here is all about practicality blocking and tackling, okay? We can teach you the same things with business, pulling a drive van, that we could teach you with platform. But if you're going to be, and someone had asked, I think it was on TikTok, uh, you know, it's always, does Landstar have this? Does Landstar have Listen, y'all, especially for y'all haters, you know what, y'all haters, y'all Landstar haters, turn it off. I don't want y'all to hear this. Landstar has freight that most of you knuckleheads couldn't even dream of. Okay. Um, th- th- they have freight to where someone who has the qualifications, the experience and the, and, and the communication skills, y'all, they can make more money in a day than one of our trusts can make in a week. Okay. The problem with the knuckleheads and the knuckle draggers is they'll never survive long enough to build those relationships. Ooh, Hey, let's tell this one. So Phil sent us a like an email that he had gotten from an agent um, about some big project, right? And and I, they didn't like there wasn't details, but you just kind of tell this is going to be a big money thing, okay? And it said, "Here's what will happen: 
Here's the protocols that are non-negotiable, and these will be the standard operating procedures going forward. You will send an email when you or you will send an email that says that you have acknowledged you have received the freight bill. You will send an email or text when you arrive at the shipper. You will send pictures of the load from all four sides. You will send an email or text when you leave the shipper. You will send check calls in route. You will send an email or a text when you arrive at the receiver. You will send an email or text when you uh, when you are done, and you'll send pictures of the load, and you'll send proof of delivery. Y'all, all this stuff is going to be standard operating procedure if you're going to haul my loads. Now, what's funny about that to us is that's our standard operating procedures. That's what our people are taught. And also one of the things that they struggle with the most is communication. I was in a Landstar agent's office last week, and she's got a huge poster board on the wall. Do not haul list. Hey, I hate to break y'all's hearts, but you would you believe that there's a bunch of BCOs, names, and truck numbers on that big poster board? That's her do no, not haul only, list? only BCOs have a do not haul list. <laughs> Agents don't, you know. <clears throat> yeah. So she's yeah. got a big poster board. with, And there's names of brokerages and carriers and different people. But there's BCOs yeah. on there with their truck number that says they are not allowed to haul her freight. Because why? Because they screwed her over. And she still, even in this, this amazing world of technology that we have, can't get somebody to give her a check call. Can't, won't let her know when they've been loaded, won't let her know that they've dropped the trailer, what the trailer numbers are, won't give her this very, very basic information when, and they've been at Landstar since before there was a Landstar, right? This agency existed before Landstar, as we know it today, existed. So they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two, right? And yet- they kept the receipts. Yeah, they have the receipts. Um, so here, this 40 or 50 years probably of, of experience, uh, because their parents owned this agency, um, and all they're asking for, hey, let me know when you got there. Let me know when you got loaded. Did you switch trailers? What's the trailer numbers? Give me a check call. Let me know everything's okay. Um, but yet, even today in 2023, when everybody's got a cell phone, you can't send a text message. You can't send an email that says where I am. Um I, I mean, well, it's, Chris, it's, it's none of their business. Why, why do they need to know where I am? Okay. Cause I'm the, listen, I'm the center of this universe. You know, it'll, it'll get there when I get it there. If they need it bad today, they'll need it worse tomorrow. Um, JD Jeff on TikTok says, can you hire on with an owner op as a driver for Rainstar? Yes, you can want to see how it works before I get a truck. That is a good decision. Uh, and get on with them if it's right. Well, J.D. Jeff, here's what I'm going to tell you. There are lots of BCOs, business capacity operators. That's what Landstar calls an owner-operator. There are lots of BCOs that have extra trucks. And if you call Landstar, they'll give you a list of people that have trucks available. I'm going to tell you to be very, 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 very selective on who you drive for. Uh, one good litmus test is if they say they're going to pay you on a 1099, tell them to kiss your ass and have a nice day. That will weed out about 92% of them. Um, if they're, if they don't have a business that is, uh, has the moral standing to pay you properly as an employee on a W2, don't work for them. Um, 
because unfortunately, a lot of there's a lot of people that at they come to Landstar and they get one truck and they're like, man, if I had two trucks, I could make double the money. And so they have absolutely no idea how to run a payroll. They have absolutely no idea how to run a business. They have no no experience dealing with employees, which that's something I I had no experience with until I came here. And boy, did I get a rude, but I get an education. Um. So yes, you can work for someone who has a truck leased to Landstar and you can see how the sausage is made. Uh, and then you can decide whether or not you want to have your own sausage. Now we offer an 18 month training program called the masterclass that you can come and do. It's listed on our front page of our website, blue ribbon logistics.com. You can go read all about it. There's four phases. Um, it's very specific. It's, it's, it's built through experience of the years of us doing this. And you can come and work for us for 18 years and we'll teach you his 50 years of business. 18 months. My, 18 months. 18 years. I said 18 years. You, they will not be here 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Freudian sleep. be here 18 years. <laughs> 18 months. Sorry. Hmm. Uh, but we'll teach you his 50 years of business and my 25 years of trucking, uh, along with Phil's 15 or so years. So you've got 100 years of experience here. Uh, that you can lean on and learn from. And at the end of that 18 months, you should be able um, to run a truck at Landstar or hell, anywhere you want to um, and make $150,000, $200,000 a year. But we do get some people occasionally that see the opportunity. Hey, man, I'd like to buy a truck. They come here, see what it takes and go, oh, God, no. I don't I don't want to do that. That's too hard because it is hard. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's It's worth it but it is incredibly difficult to do it well. And if you don't do it well, it will destroy your finances, your life and your relationships. So, <laughs> let me well. let me add to that, okay? Go ahead. Let me let me let me tell you to to be to 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 be extremely extremely cautious when you decide that you want to go work at Landstar for an a an a, a a truck owner, a BCO. Um first of all, there's no um, requirements that Landstar has that anybody has to meet to buy a second truck or to hire employees. Okay. That there's, there's, they have to meet no standard for that. There's no requirement. The only thing that's required is that they must, you must provide their workers comp because that's deducted from their settlement automatically. Beyond that, there is nothing. So I, let me just tell you that most of these guys all they're interested in is making money. They want to throw you the keys and have you go make the, make money in that truck. Uh, I mean, I, I've listen, I've been here 10, 10, 11 years. I've heard all of the stories, you know, because, you know, you would think that a Landstar BCO would be above, you know, uh, a cut above. But if you knew how many people have not, have worked for a BCO for six weeks and never got paid, um, the truck breaks down, the, the BCO won't fix it puts a bandaid on it, you know, I mean, they're, they're don't assume because they're a Landstar BCO because that means nothing. All right. You need to interview them, not let them interview you. And, uh, I would just be very, and it's not, listen, I, it's not telling you this cause I want you to come here. We don't let people do that here. Okay. I'm on that list. He's talking about, and I get a call from someone at least every two or three days. And I can tell that the majority of them I would not let in the program to begin with. And everybody that we've had in the program that used to work for another operator, they've never made it past about a month. 
Um, right. So you you need to really, really, really be careful with with that idea. It's a good idea, and if you can find a really, really good BCO that wants to teach and wants to you know uh, share with you how this works. Um, but I'm just telling you, there's a lot more of them that you wouldn't want to work for than there are that you than than the ones you want to. And yep. you just hear all these all the stories. So just be really very careful. Um, well, when I question. so context, when I had my epiphany in January of 2018, and I wrote this Facebook post where I said, "Hey, you know, it was me. I figured it out. I was the problem." Um, my inbox started blowing up with all these people. Hey, come drive for me. Come drive for me. Come drive for me. And my initial thought was. I, I was y'all. I, I wouldn't drive for y'all if you had the last truck on earth, right? But then I met Larry, and within five minutes of the conversation, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is a businessman. This is not some crackerhead with an extra truck. You know, um, I uh, I knew he was the real deal instantly. I mean, it was just uh, from the first minute we talked on the phone, I was like, okay, this is a real businessman. So you have to be discerning and you have to, and unfortunately you have to know the right questions to ask. Fortunately for me, having been at Landstar before, I kind of knew how the system worked. Um, so like he said, you just got to be very selective. Um, they, they need to offer you a driver contract and you need to see a copy of that contract and know how you're going to be paid. Um, <laughs> you're not going to see a contract. You're <laughs> kidding, right? Which solves contract. the problem, you know, what's a contract, right? Um, yeah. Uh, GK, just want to say I discovered your channel today and spent a few hours binge watching your videos. Thank you very much for useful information. Well, appreciate you, GK. Um, I tell you, go, let me go. I, I tell you how to handle this BCO interview thing. Ask them for references. <laughs> I want the last three people's names and numbers that work for you. Mm -hmm. Conversation will be over. Okay. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, that'll be the end of that. <clears throat> uh, let's see. I thought there was another question on YouTube. Um, <clears throat> somebody had TikTok asked about automatic trucks. Uh, if you have, um, if you if you have an automatic transmission restriction, you need to work on getting that removed first and get some auto, get some manual um, automatics. And I saw a comment today. Why all the hate on automatics? I don't hate automatics. Uh, from a driver's standpoint, I kind of like them, okay? But from a business standpoint, they're risky. They're expensive to maintain, uh, and they're risky. Tra manual transmissions almost never break, okay? I I've, I mean, I've been in this business since 1997. I don't even know how many million miles I've driven, and I've broken one manual transmission, and I don't think we have broken a manual transmission since I've been here. No, we haven't. We broke a couple of rear ends and we've had to rebuild a couple of engines, but we have never broken uh, a manual transmission. Automatics, well, they'll just quit for no damn reason. Yeah. Well, and keep in mind, again, remember our market here, okay? If you want to have an automatic and you're an experienced owner operating, it's not your first truck, hey, that's up to you. But our advice is always with, with, with this disclaimer you do not want to have an automatic as your first truck as the first owner ever, because it raises the risk level way up because now you have a bigger chance of a expensive repair 
one that you're not going to be able to get done cheaply because most of the time that has to be done by an expert and good luck finding one of those. And so it just raises the stakes higher than they need to be. Um, you know, because it's just a luxury. Now it's not luxury. If you went to a CDL school and you got an automatic restriction, I said the whole different story, but, um, even if you did that, I would get that off before you bought your first truck. You don't yep. have to do that. So still hiring for the program, Carolina red. Well, we don't, yes and no. I mean, we, we do have a couple of trucks that are coming on late this year that we need to put you know, drivers in, but remember that, you know, we're, we don't hire people here to do a job. We have people come here and drive our trucks and train to learn how to become business people. So if that's what you meant by hiring for the program, yes. We do, we do have a couple of seats that are open that will be becoming open in late in December, early January. They're new trucks to us. So, yeah. <clears throat> Rocky, yes, the truck at Junior's is done. We got a driver coming to pick it up. Yeah. Um, I'm scrolling through comments. <clears throat> Bradley Gartman, I saw an earlier comment. The agency I'm looking at purchasing deals with A&E Freight. Well, you got some money then. Um, uh, I, I, I would, I would ask a lot of questions about why that agency is for sale an A and E agency, especially. It could be somebody but, uh, retiring. But, if yeah, they're A and E, they've been around up. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, that would not be a bad thing. Somebody's asked twice and I mean, I, well, the answer is going to be easy, but They've asked the same question. That's what do we think about a Packard MX-13 compared oh. to the Cummins X-15? I don't like Packards. Um, yeah, it's it's not a good comparison. Um, well, let me, and let me qualify this. We don't own one. We've never owned one. Either of those. But those are going to be in trucks that are new. And that's not what we do. So we're, again, I said we don't give advice about things we don't personally know about. Well, we don't personally know about that. But I can tell you this. Um, you can't get that in an 07, <laughs> anything. And so you're, you know, if this is your first truck, I would advise you against it. If this is a truck that you're buying to replace another truck and you, you know, that's what you want to do. Um, you know, my opinion is if you can't pay cash for it, you don't can't afford it. Right. But that, that's not the question you asked, but I don't, I can't answer the question. Well, I don't we, know. we had to mm -hmm. for, for what, about six months. We had a couple Kenworths that had Packards in them, uh, and I was not impressed. Um, incredibly expensive to work on. Uh, these trucks were – one was a 16 and one was an 18. They were both T680s. They both had auto shift. Um, I was I was not – I drove both of them, um, hauled freight with both of them. Um, I was not moved in any way toward saying, well, I need to have me one of these. Um, the thing about Cummins versus Packard, you know, Cummins has been in the engine business a very, very long time and, and, and Packard has not. Um, now you'll find, you know, go search and you'll find somebody, oh, I've got a Packard and I love it. More power to you. But again, we are in the business of, of, of telling people what to do when they buy their first truck. And it is our 100% experience based opinion that your first truck should not have a Packard in it. Your first truck should not have a Volvo motor in it. <coughs> uh, your first truck should be a Detroit Series 60. Again, cheap, efficient, reliable, easy to work on. Um, 
GK on YouTube says, how hard is it to make money with a day cab? Sorry for that topic question. I'm based in New York Tri-State. Well, I'm, here's what I'm going to tell you. I have no experience running a day cab, but I'm going to tell you this. It's my sincere belief that you can make money with any truck as long as you pay cash for it, as long as you operate a business with uh, the customer as your foremost focus. Uh, you can make money doing just about anything. I mean, hell, you can sell drugs and make money, right? It's a lot of risk, yeah. You know, you can boot, you can boot semi tires. Yeah. Money. Hell yeah. You, you can, you can boot, you can go kidnap people uh, and get away with it. You know, isn't it great? I mean, think about how cool this is in America in 2023 that you can literally be kidnapped, extorted, and they'll give you a receipt uh, to file. Did your we taxes. get a, re- did we get a receipt? Oh I, yeah. I had to send it to Landstar. Yeah. Send hell it to yeah, the they North did. Carolina attorney general. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I attached, I attached, a, I had to attach a copy of the invoice when I did my thing with the secretary of state's office, but I had to change the name of the file cause I had named it fucking extortion. Um, <laughs> and so I changed the name of the file before I sent it to the secretary of state's office. Gotcha. Um, hey, Richie's a real <clears throat> big fan of those Kenworths, by the way. Uh, he really, really enjoyed his time, uh, driving that gray truck. Um, oh, the guy, oh, Bradley says the woman isn't interested in the business anymore. Her husband passed away four or five years ago and he was the backbone of the company. There you go. Um, and he said he owned some trucks as well. Yeah. Um, let us know how that goes for you. I mean, we'd like to, we'd like for you to, to maybe, you know, come on and talk with us and, and, you know, I mean, not divulge anything that's not that you want to, but. Let us know how this goes. Let us know what you think about it. The process of, of onboarding with Landstar with your trucks, if you're going to do that. And, and obviously the agency thing. So we've got, a, we've got several agents who are friends of the show and mm-hmm. we wouldn't mind having more. So please keep us in mind. So. Uh, Quincy Moore says, would you work with a driver out of Minneapolis, St. Paul? Yeah, that's not a terrible, yeah. terrible yeah. place. Um, <clears throat> um, you're used to driving in the snow, I'm sure. So. Uh, why did we have to send a copy to Landstar? Because we had to get we had to get a twenty five hundred dollar cash advance. They only took cash, and yeah. so we had any Calm way check. getting it there. So Landstar took care of it for us. So. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Not only that, but they were threatening to tow the truck at four fifteen, and this happened about four o'clock. Yeah. So they didn't have a lot of time to dick around. Yeah, yeah. They they know. Listen, <clears throat> they know what they're doing. They know how to do it. And I, now I never I never asked them. Uh, he, he had first said cash, uh, that they would only take cash. The driver had said they would only take cash. And I called him and I said, will you take a comm check? And they said they would. I never asked if they would take American express. I figured they would not take a credit card because they know you'll just reverse the charge as soon as you're done. Um, so, um, but again, you know, back to the, back to the origin of that story. Um, didn't you just give them an express code mm-hmm. just over the phone? Mm-hmm. Did they call it in while you were waiting? Mm-hmm. They did call it in? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you should have just crossed up. It sounded days. like he was doing it electronically because uh, yeah, I could hear clicking. Yeah. Um, Man, so. There's a way we can. I, 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 that, that's just, I hate him. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it was a twenty. it's a $2,500 cash advance. Exactly yeah. what it was. Uh, <clears throat> Justin says, what do you guys think about these mid to big companies going out of business? Well, there's a lot of different issues there. Um, 
I saw another one today, 95 year old company goes out of business. Um, and I went looking and I couldn't find it. Usually what you'll find if you dig around is that these companies have been bought by a venture capital firm. Um, and all those v those VC companies do is buy trucking companies cause they're cash cows, uh, milk them dry and bankrupt them. Um, but I think some of the, anytime that there's a down cycle, um, the, the snowball throws up, throws people off. And, you know, if a company's 95 years old, um, I'm just going to go with, um, you know, what, what I kind of know about things and people, uh, generational businesses generally do not last. It's very rare. You know, you'll have, you know, Papa will start the company and maybe turn it down to one son and then the son will run it. And then his kids are usually useless and they'll run it in the ground. So if a company's 95 years old and it gets to a down spot where it's not making any money anymore, they're like, screw it, you know, shut it down. We're, we're over the legacy. Um, but you got to understand that every time that that circle goes up, um, you know, people make investments, big investments sometimes. Um, and man, they'll go buy 50 or a hundred trucks and trailers and get set up. And, and that's great as long as the market's up here, but when the market comes down, um, they can't survive, you know, and they close. And so drivers, you have, um, uh, you have the responsibility to understand the financial condition of the company that you're working for. You need to be paying attention. You know, uh, there's, there's, there will be signs if the company you're working for is in trouble. Uh, if you're paying attention, you'll see them. Uh, fortunately, when you have a CDL in your pocket, you'll have a new job the next day. Um, you know, any truck driver that's surprised, um, I, I would be like, dude, dude, you'll have a job tomorrow. You know, just get on the phone, call somebody. They'll, they'll, hell, they'll give you a bus ticket, you know, and just go over and get the next job. Um, but you know that this and, and Craig Fuller had a pretty fantastic tweet today. Can we call them tweets anymore? Are we allowed to call them tweets? Are they the X's or no? They got to be X's now. Yeah, X files. They're X files. <laughs> X files. Uh, but Craig Fuller had a very lengthy um, uh, post today on Twitter uh, that everybody should go read um, because Freight Waves has called. Uh, they have an incredible data team down there. I mean, dude, they, they got data like you wouldn't believe. Okay. And, and Freg is Freg. Craig has called, uh, the freight recession. Uh, he's called all kinds of stuff and he's only done that using forecasting data that, that, that they have through sonar. Um, and he said, you know, that, that they've lost relationships and marketing opportunities and, and, and sponsors because they told the truth. And, and there's a lot of people didn't want to hear the truth. Um, and, uh, Craig had another great post of, I don't know, it's probably been a couple months ago that said the future of trucking is small. Uh, everything I'm kind of thinking I'm equating it. There's a, there's, you know, the big bang theory of, of the origin of the universe that there's this, uh, there was this big expansion and then it's coming back, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, I, I feel mm -hmm. like the market, that's what the market has done over the last, say, 50 years, is it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, now we're to this point, especially with the blockchain, where we have the opportunity to decentralize and make things smaller. 
And so I think that the inverse is now happening, that we're going to be going backwards, not backwards in a negative way and backwards in a very, very, very good way, uh, to where you're going to have a lot less intermediaries, you're going to have a lot less um, centralized authority, and everything is going to get much, 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 much smaller. Um, and so I'm 100% on Craig Fuller's team with that line of thinking um, because just because I understand the the nuance of how blockchain technology and stuff like that exists, um, everything is going to get smaller from here on out. So if you – and I'll see people, oh, the big companies are going to do this, that, and the other. Y'all, they're, they're 10% of the industry. They're tiny. They're, they're almost insignificant, but they have brand awareness, and you can recognize their truck. And so it's easier for you to think – that they're some kind of big deal, and they're just not. They're just not enough to matter, which is why they need the government to regulate us out of business. Yep. Uh, cannot Listen, if I could get the word out to the industry about lease purchases, maybe a hell of a lot of these companies <laughs> going out of business because that's all they're making money on. Right. But as much as we talk about it, I see thousands of them every day I, you know, it's Dave Ramsey made a great point. This was year, probably 20 years ago that JC Penney got to the point, And I think that happened with Sears as well. They got to the point where they were making more money off the credit card interest than they Absolutely. were actually selling. Product. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think didn't Sears, they sold discover to try to stay afloat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they actually sold, well, they sold Craftsman brand. They sold the Kenmore brand. Mm-hmm. All those things were efforts to keep the thing going, and it didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. But yes, that's all true. Yeah. So <clears throat> you have these carriers that literally have a revenue stream coming in from the from the lease leasing of these trucks. Oh, most of them make more off the lease than do off freight. <clears throat> and y'all Which can stop that. It. I mean, it does two things: it's revenue stream, and it solves some of their driver retention problems. You know. So at least temporarily you can keep somebody there long enough to bleed them dry before you have to, before you lose them. You know, they can't just jump. They can't just leave that job and go to another one. You know, they've got to do something about breaking the lease and that slows the process down a little bit. Yeah. Plus they blow the smoke up their ass thinking they're going to become, you know, successful independent business owners. And that, that dream lasts for a while. And then they give up on it when they find out they're making less than they did as a company driver. <clears throat> With all the risk, but this, I mean, listen, the people that are doing it, it's the greatest thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, their TikToks are full of these guys telling you how great they're doing leasing from these companies, you know. <laughs> I love when I'm making five thousand dollars a week. No, you're not. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah, exactly. No, you're not. Yeah, he might think he is. Yeah. <clears throat> um. um well, you know, the uh, there's going to be a huge crackdown on 1099s come January 1 with this new regulation that's come out, you know. Um, so there's going to be a lot more effort to – a new database is going to start. Of course, they got 8,500, 85,000 new agents that they're hired. Uh, but now they're tracking all 1099 LLCs, S-Corps, you know, um, small business entrepreneurs. They're all now going to a new database. They're going to connect the dots. Some of this is to prevent people from hiding money by having multiple LLCs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is that's all going to get scrutinized now a lot more, which and to me, the intent, 
you know, the, the, the misclassification of people into 1099s, I have a problem with. I have no problem with people legitimately being on a 1099. That's, that's beautiful. Um, but the problem we have here is that there's a, most of the people in trucking do not, do not meet the criteria to be paid on a 1099. And so therefore they're, you know, they're taken advantage of because as we've said before, uh, these people are paying taxes for things that they shouldn't be paying taxes for, you know? So maybe, maybe an unintended consequence of that will be a, um, a, a, a harder look at, at these 1099 people. So it'd be great. <clears throat> What's yeah, the criteria? Well, you have to own something. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't, you can't drive somebody else's truck under any circumstances and be considered a 1099 independent contractor. So yep. that's the, that's the criteria. Now they're nothing. They're all going to come out of the woodwork. I'm not going to have an argument tonight. Uh, <laughs> we, we got plenty of episodes to talk about it, but yeah. if you have a truck and you have somebody driving that truck, I don't care if you're dispatching them or not dispatching them or, well, it doesn't matter. Okay. They, they do not have any, um, they don't have, they have no skin in the game. Therefore they cannot be an independent contractor. So, right. Um, it's easy and it's beneficial to the person who is providing a 1099 because now that person is paying 7.62% of the taxes that they should be paying for them. Uh, and usually no protection for unemployment, usually no protection from any kind of workers' comp insurance. So it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a poor man's way of being in business and having employees, but it's a screw job to the employees. Yep, sure is. Well, we've got an hour and 53 at this point. We have any announcements that we need to make? I'm looking for the calendar. Um, well, since you ask, I mean, since people have asked, yes, we do have a couple of positions that we're want, we want to fill come December, January. Um, we've got four more trucks that we're bringing on during that time frame, and I think we've only got a driver for one of them uh, that's lined up. So um, if you're interested in our program, www.blueribbonlogistics.com masterclass 2023, I think is what it is. And uh, read about it. If, if you've, you know, you've heard us talk about it a lot. It's, it's a paid apprenticeship. You know, um, we expect you to make 75, 80 grand here uh, on a W-2 uh, in a year. The program is 18 months in length and you'll drive one of our trucks and we'll teach you how to make it act, make you think it's yours in terms of the responsibility, just not the financial responsibility. And so therefore you can make a few mistakes and it doesn't put you out of business. And, uh, you've got a hundred years of leadership here uh, between Chris, Phil, and myself that you can tap into for, you know, whatever, you know, um, um, knowledge that you seek, you know, uh, we have expertise in, in Phil with, uh, with the platform and Chris with the, the regular stuff and me on the business side. So, um, that's kind of what we do here. And, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, uh, as Evan, Evan just said, you don't come here for the job because you won't like our job because, you know, we, we make you work pretty hard. You come here before the education, which is priceless and doesn't cost anything. Right. So the, the, the education is paid for by the profitable and efficient operation of you in the truck and everybody gets paid because of that. So, uh, if you'd like the more information, you know, check us out there. Um, 
we've got various episodes talk about it. We've got various episodes of some of our drivers talking about it. Um, and if you're interested, there's a place to put a uh, submit an application. And Chris and I will look it over. And uh, if you if we think you're going to be a pretty good fit, we'll reach out to you and set up an interview over Zoom. And then we'll we'll talk to you and make sure that you understand what we're doing here and make sure that we're fit for each other. And uh, we'll go from there. But um, it's a um, it's a great program to learn how to be in business. It's not a driving school. OK, you got you to be a decent, pretty decent driver. First of all, Landstar won't hire if you're not. So uh, and you're going to learn how to navigate the Landstar system, because in our opinion, that's the best place to be. Owner, especially as a starting owner operator, um, and uh, the potential there is 150 to 200 grand a year hauling general freight in a van. So that's the carrot at the end of this program, you know. Um, anything to leave now, Chris? So, no, nope, and you I get think, to hang out with some pretty cool people. So, I, I believe that's it. Um, so next weekend is I'm going to be in Chicago next weekend. So you're oh, okay. solo next weekend. All right. Well, I'll um, figure something out. I've got an orientation next weekend as well. So I should I've, be able to do Friday night uh, for everybody. So we'll okay. be back on Friday. I've promised that I would do this QuickBooks thing. I'm, I haven't forgotten. I'm working on it. I'm waiting right now on them to give me the permission or the access to the uh, online uh, software as a demo so that I can use that to illustrate you guys what to do. So obviously next week it won't work because we're not going to be here. But maybe the next, maybe the first one in November, I'll have that um, those credentials so that we can then uh, go live and I can start walking you guys through how to set up and utilize QuickBooks and become somewhat of a bookkeeper of your own of your own numbers. So okay, all right. Well, well I hope we get our audio on it. Problems resolved. Man, we got 17 new messages all of a sudden. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, should see everybody back here um, Friday night. And with that, we'll see y'all next time. Good night, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Friends don't let friends do lease purchases. <laughs> there you go. That's a perfect way to end it.